to Letters to Our Yesterday, a podcast that was inspired by my soon-to-be-released women's fiction book, Letters to My Yesterday. Although this podcast is quite different to my book, the inspiration is the same, strong women. I believe that one of the greatest strengths women have are each other. We often support, guide, encourage and inspire each other. Throughout this podcast, I will be speaking to many extraordinary women about their life journey, and together we will explore what advice they would give their younger self. Cass was 30 years old and planning the holiday of a lifetime with her young family when she found a small lump on her breast while performing a self-examination in the shower. After some difficult testing, Cass was diagnosed with breast cancer. The trip was cancelled and many months of intense treatment resulting in physical and emotional hardship followed. Ten years later, Cass is an advocate for the Cancer Council, sharing her story and encouraging women to examine their own breasts every month, as well as providing support for recently diagnosed women. Can you tell me a little bit about um, your life before your diagnosis? So I think you were planning a trip overseas. Yeah, that's right. So I guess it was a a trip that was quite significant for my partner and I. Um, It was something that we had been planning for a long time, a 12-week trip to South America. We're both from South America. And it was the first um, time that the family was going to meet our son. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so uh, there was a lot of anticipation, not only from our side, but also from the family side. And, um, you know, it was pretty routine, uh, the life that we led, work, Mm -hmm. coming home, doing the whole mum thing. How old was your son at the time? My son was five at the time. Okay. So it was mum working full time, tagging up with dad, yep. drop off, pick up. Busy lifestyle. Busy yeah. life, like mm. most of us lead today. And so that trip coming up was really something that kind of seemed like the treasure chest at the yeah. top of the rainbow. How right? long had you been planning it for? Um, it would have been over a year. Oh, wow. Um, it was something yeah. that. We it was we were you know a lot younger back then and we had been saving up for a long time after being broke students for many yeah. many years and <laughs> finally getting enough money together to go yeah. over for twelve weeks. Yeah. Um, so it was just a whole itinerary. My husband's very you know structured, yeah. and so we had. From week one to twelve, already mapped out. Yeah. Oh wow. So, but before you, how long before you went did you find the lump on your breast? Ironically, um, I found the lump during Breast Cancer Awareness Month, October two thousand and two thousand and eight. Wow. Yes, it was, Mm -hmm. and that was going to be uh, one month. Before, before we were flying out oh so we were scheduled to fly out on the 28th of November yeah and on the 28th of October oh, exactly. <laughs> it was when I actually wow. got my diagnosis so oh. the journey started a couple of weeks before mm-hmm. that obviously um, 
It really came about because the radio that I listened to at the time yeah. had, I guess, this jingle, you know, it's the first day of the month, it's uh, time to check your breasts. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. And, um, and so I had started doing that a few months beforehand. A few months beforehand. Only a few months, Only a before. few months beforehand. What made you, do you think? Like, was it just that jingle and you thought, oh, that's something I've never done before? Yeah. I'm going to do it. Okay. Yeah, wow. absolutely. And so, <laughs> you know, um, I remember just being in the shower and, yeah. you know, doing the usual routine thing. Yeah. And then coming across this little lump that felt yeah. like a, almost like a frozen pea. Oh. And only in a certain position, not in the yeah. traditional position that you get told to examine okay. your breasts with your arm folded behind your head. Mm-hmm. No, I could not feel it when I was in that way. Uh, in that way. Okay. Um, but then I did find it and mm. I don't know, when I came across it, my gut dropped. I was kind of in disbelief, but then at the same time dismissive, thinking, oh, it's probably nothing. Yeah. And um, it was then where I called my husband Mm. to come and check it out. Yeah. And he said, oh, look, I don't know. I don't know if I can feel anything just go get it checked out yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. And what were you thinking at that point? Like, as you said, your stomach dropped. Were you thinking cancer straight away? Is that what was in your mind? Or were you just like, oh, no, it'll be nothing. It'll be something benign. No, I knew that, um, I don't know, when my gut dropped, mm-hmm. I had a feeling that it wasn't going to be yeah. good. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, I the, the thought of cancer... Did it really cross my mind? No, because you were young. How yes, were you? I was. Um, I had just turned thirty. Yeah, and so you it's know, not something you'd even be thinking about. Absolutely not. No I think, um, yeah, and that's the key. I think the breast cancer has been something that I always thought was associated with an older woman's yeah. disease, and that's not the case. Mm-hmm. You know, it can happen to anyone. 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 Wow. So what happened after finding that lump? You went to your GP first? Yeah. So I actually tried to convince my husband that it's all right. I'll Mm. get it checked out when I come back from our holiday. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I was so looking forward to that trip. I just didn't want anything to... To ruin it. Yeah, to get in in the way. And he was very... He was actually very insistent that... I go and okay. I go to the doctor, Cassie, don't put it yeah. off. And yeah. so I did. Okay. Um, so the pressure from him definitely made Push me... Push you to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go. And then when I went to the GP, um, the GP examined me. And obviously mm-hmm. back then, I was a perfectly healthy yeah. person. Never really the had GPs many... Would be thinking yeah, never no really way. had any issues. So yeah. I didn't have a regular GP as well yeah. because I didn't frequent the doctor nice. that much. And she tells me, look, I can't feel anything. Mm. Um, And then, uh, but because you say that you felt something, let's do an ultrasound anyway. And I was really quite relieved that Mm -hmm. we didn't go down that path. Um, So I booked myself into an ultrasound. And I could tell by the look on the sonographer's face that... Mm. 
Yeah, it probably wasn't going to be good news. And I actually put him on the spot, which I felt really bad now looking back. Um, yeah, but you can understand yeah, yeah. as well because it's you know, such a big Yeah, thing absolutely. You just wait for the results. And so then I said to him, can you see anything there? And um, he said to me, there is something there. You should mm. discuss the results with your doctor. And so um, then followed on a series yeah. of appointments where mm. um, it was followed by another appointment having to go back and get a needle biopsy to actually sample oh, the tissue. With your GP? Uh, with the pathology oh, so okay. I had to go back to the GP get a referral get yeah. a referral go back to get oh the then yeah. wait for the results from that um, mm-hmm. needle biopsy and yeah. then that was it that was this the the frightening one I guess yeah. that says yeah it's confirmed with um, and who gave you that news that who news was given to me um, once I was referred to a breast specialist from okay. my GP. So yep. once um, we had that initial ultrasound, I got referrals to a breast mm. um, specialist and it was a bit overwhelming because, you know, uh, in the waiting room, yeah. I'm seeing women with no hair. Um, and so then I just immediately thought the worst of yeah. it. But I guess I wasn't prepared for what was to come yes yeah. and my husband was with me mm-hmm. all along the way yeah which without him I don't know what I would have done yeah. um essentially he gave me the news and once he told me what it was that it was that kind of blocked everything out yeah and everything that was just coming out of his mouth I did not did you hear it? no I did not hear so luckily that my um, husband was there. Did you feel like your, your mind stopped or did it just, like it couldn't take anything more in or you were just, it was going down the path of what's going to happen next? What my mind, like? um, I got this really weird sensation, yeah. almost like uh, when you're up in a plane and your ears start ringing oh. and then they block out. Yeah. That's how I felt. And then I was just, it was as if time had stopped. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about what was gonna happen immediately okay Um, I was I think I was scared I was petrified Um, and it was mainly at the the thought of leaving my son behind you know my five-year-old son and then my husband Mm -hmm. on his own yeah so that was that was interesting yeah I can't even imagine (laughs) and when you so when you're going through this diagnosis and does everything happen quite quickly after that, the treatment? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it was, if I remember correctly, my my diagnosis from the, the breast cancer, uh, from the breast surgeon was on the 28th of October. Yeah. And by the 6th of November, I had already been booked in to go and have surgery to get the lump out. Okay. Um, and then... So trip is cancelled at this point. Trip is cancelled. Um, How devastating. The, it was. Oh, um, unfortunately, at that stage as well, we didn't have, we didn't take out travel insurance. Oh. And uh, the airlines actually were very kind enough, yeah. given the situations, to extend our, okay. our tickets further for another year. Oh. 
So okay. we were, you know, yeah. quite fortunate. I tried to convince the doctor that I could have my treatment do, do once it. I came back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he didn't agree. Yeah, he didn't agree. And oh so goodness. it was devastating to see oh. the disappointment in my son's yeah. face. How did you explain it to your son? Were you open with him about your diagnosis or were you did you sugarcoat it? Um, I think we tried to be as open with him as possible, but in the way that would be digestible to a five-year-old. Because he's 15 now and he doesn't Mm. remember any of it. Doesn't he? No. So I don't know if that was a deliberate thing that maybe maybe he just shut it out. Um, But I just remember that... um, you know, saying to he he saw the whole journey. Mm. Um, he would always ask if mummy was going to be okay. Yeah. And luckily for me, once I got um, the surgery done, mm-hmm. um, in that surgery they took out some notes. Okay. And yeah. I guess that's really the you know going to be like the predictor of how well you're going to recover from this mm. disease because okay. if it's spreads through the to the nodes then there's a very high chance of recurrence okay and so getting the results waiting to see if these Mm. thing had spread to the nodes after having the surgery was the longest seven days Mm. ever for all of us um and luckily for me it was all clear, clear but um yeah it was being able to communicate that mm. to our son as well you know kind of yeah. having to manage it mm-hmm. and you know, being truthful to him along the way but always providing that reassurance I know yeah. my husband struggled a lot emotionally mm-hmm. um, through it and I felt like I had to be the strong one mm-hmm. going through it yeah. um, but you know I think it's just in my nature to always step up to the yeah challenges and, and you seem like a very positive person anyway do you know what I mean I can imagine that you would have been thinking the best yes the, the absolutely best that's yeah. right that's something that I get from my mum mm. oh, <laughs> yeah so I'm um, thing to very very optimistic usually yeah. um, anything that gets thrown my way I try and always yeah. see the positive out of things yeah. and I really do believe that helps in some yeah. instances um, yeah. especially when it comes to kind of your mindset and mm-hmm. healing yeah. um, that really helped me get through even the worst days because yeah. it essentially it did it took a whole year of my life to by the, the time yeah by the time you have your surgery and then you start your cycles of chemo yeah. um, you, which the chemo can you explain that a little bit like yeah. what did that involve the treatment so depending on what type of breast cancer you have you have different um, drugs that are used to treat it so chemotherapy is the drug therapy and the one that I had to have entailed me going into hospital um, so you refer to cycles Mm -hmm. and what that means is you go in and you sit in for half of the day getting these three drugs pumped into your Mm -hmm. bloodstream Mm -hmm. and once the once the um, cycle is done, yeah. 
it means usually you wait between two to three weeks depending on how fast your white cell count increases back up to a safe amount yeah that's when then you can go and have your next cycle, next cycle okay. so most women have anywhere between four to six cycles mm-hmm. and um you know by the time you add up all those cycles it's six months wow. that have rolled by and wow. um, and what kind of symptoms did you have throughout your treatment so the first cycle was probably the worst one mm-hmm. because they're kind of tweaking and i don't think the um, anti-nausea medication okay. back then was as great as, as mm-hmm. it is now but it was the worst nausea you could imagine like mm. wanting to vomit so bad that i would just pass out oh. and um then having to be isolated from my family for the first couple of days and having to use a different bathroom from them because you know all the drugs um flushing out was not safe for them and having to sleep in a separate bed from my husband that was quite challenging but then you have terrible fatigue Mm -hmm. um quite a dry mouth yeah uh you can have ulcers on your tongue Um, I think for a woman that has always had long hair as well, lose starting to lose the hair uh, was one one of the biggest Mm. realities for me. And as I started to see the pillow be full with hair, you know, as the days progressed, I decided no, I'm gonna take yeah. it off myself <laughs> yeah. so I told my husband to clip shave my it. Yeah, yeah. shave it yeah. and my son and my husband also shaved their heads oh, so that was really oh. sweet of them and we were all baldies for a while. <laughs> um, oh. but you know yeah. it was just hair and he would yes. always help yeah. me put it in perspective yeah. um, and if that's what it meant to kind of give this thing a a fair crack yeah. at surviving then I'll do whatever do yeah. he was just looking at my son and yes. you know having that motivation <sighs> up. just it was kind of like just getting through a task yeah. list you know that's the way that I saw it the cycles yeah. yeah and I tried not to put too much emotion into mm-hmm. it because um, I've always been a bit of a I guess a daydreamer even as a kid and so I could go from anything very (laughs) you know airy fairy to being quite dramatic in my daydream (laughs) so I tried to just (laughs) I tried I tried to keep it um just very task this is what I have to do so it sounds very business-like yes yeah well this is what I've got and this is what I'm going to do exactly Mm. and and that helped me that helped me get through it um yeah so can I ask what so I know you tried to keep the emotions aside but just thinking about them for a second Mm -hmm. what was the hardest part because I know a lot of people who are in situations like that it's the what ifs that I guess would be the hardest thing to block out of your mind. Mm-hmm. What was the hardest thing for you to, you know, keep yourself up and keep yourself on that road to recovery in that business-like kind of way? I think there were um, there were moments mm-hmm. where 
I couldn't contain my, myself and yeah. I did go off and think the worst things. Um, and it always led down to missing out. Mm-hmm. And it was about missing out on seeing my son grow up and, you know, all those key milestones in yeah. life, finish school, uh, graduate from university, yeah. get married. And that's not to say that's stuff that he'll do. Yes. But it was just... It's a possibility. Yeah. And mm. just that whole fear of not being yeah. there and then yeah. leaving my husband behind mm-hmm. to be by himself yeah. having to deal with um, yeah. a child. Okay. That was the hardest bit. Thing to, yeah, yeah. to keep from your mind. Yeah. Um, I think also something that I felt angry about mm. was we had only one child at the time yeah. and I wasn't sure if I wanted any more kids. Yeah. But when they said to me there was a 70% chance that I wasn't going to have any more kids after the cycles, um, I felt angry that that choice had been kind of taken away from me. And so um, they were, I guess, the two main things that for me kept popping up. So what was your... um, You mentioned your husband as being an amazing support Mm -hmm. to you. What, What was it that helped you through? What were the the main support tools that you had during that time? Um, I th- he, he was always there. Yeah. I think yeah. just having someone there, not necessarily to kind of tell me everything's going to be okay yeah. because yeah. both of us are quite realist people mm. um, and I'm actually the optimistic one in, yeah. in the relationship. and. <laughs> But just having them, him there you by my side and yeah. having him there as my rock, yeah. literally someone to hold yeah. on to when I needed to cross the road and I was not feeling great. Yeah. Um, he had quite a very a busy job yeah. then and he always prioritised me, yeah. you know, made time to be there with me. Yeah. Um, there were times as well where... I felt a bit of resentment because mm. I'm the one that was going through this, yeah. but I'm the one that has to be strong yeah. emotionally because yeah. he's, he was having a hard time yeah. and um, he was painting the worst mm. picture and I would always try and get us back into, no, every, it, everything's yeah. going to be fine. Yeah. Let's just get through this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there there were up yeah, and down yeah. emotions, yeah. but I think just the fact that he's always been, yeah. always been there, had each other there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Once you've gone through the treatment, how how did you find it? Like, what happens towards the end of the treatment mm-hmm. to know that okay, um, this is in remission, or what happens there? Uh, to be honest. Um, once you've had it, um, and it depends on how you choose to manage it, mm-hmm. it could, it's something that kind of stays with you forever. Yeah. So when you're given the all clear, yeah. essentially, is when you go back um, after a annual scan mm-hmm. and you see that there's no signs of metastasis anywhere yeah. um, or the tumor has been removed mm-hmm. from your body and you it, essentially it's as if 
you're back to how you, you were. were before. Yeah. Um, but having breast tissue mm-hmm. is a major risk factor yeah. of recurrence. And so that's why in the back of my mind it was always something that would niggle at me and I would have yeah. to go back every year and have, mm. you know, the unpleasant tests, mammograms, um, and then if any little aches or pains in my bones, I would be sent for scans just in case. And really it's just called getting old. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that's what what I was living. It was like this constant fear and just this stress that I I was um, having to, that I felt. Um, and I was actually the first one in my family mm-hmm. that came up with it. It wasn't a genetic thing because I had the genetic testing for yeah. the BRCA genes yeah. and I wasn't a carrier. So it wasn't a genetic thing, they tell me. Mm-hmm. However, a couple of years after, and just as I was um, finishing and getting back into the swing of things, two of my aunts were diagnosed with breast cancer and for them it was too late because it was found already in stage four Um, and then my mum got it as well hers was quite early because of the you know the exposure that she had via me and luckily she's alive and well today but um after going through the um the deaths of my two aunties i decided that I wanted to eliminate all risk whatsoever yeah. and I decided to have a, a double mastectomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so once I had that done, I felt like this pressure was lifted yeah. off um, my back. Yeah. And it was really because, well, there's no breast no. tissue, so there's very little chance of yeah. it ever coming back and I don't have to have those... Um, Yeah, it sounds like a very empowering decision. Yes, it was for me because it's a huge thing to do. It's a Mm. massive surgery, but by you doing that and to explain, you know, it's like a whole weight has been lifted off you. That's incredible. You had the courage to make that decision. I exactly Mm. um, just kind of weighing it up, and I said to to my surgeon, if I had known how painful it was going to be, yeah. I don't think I would have done it okay. because yeah. I said to him, I think I would rather go through chemo again than oh, have. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, for me, you know, yeah. I guess everyone's experience yeah. is different because mm-hmm. I had a flap um, reconstruction. So yeah. they did everything at the same time, okay. which meant I got um, my boobs cut off and yeah. then they split me from hip to hip to then be able to reconstruct my oh. boobs from um, my tummy tissue. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so I was in hospital for about 10 days. Oh, and that, I that's said, how yeah. <laughs> And I wow. thought, I think maybe because I was away from my family yeah. as well, yeah. um, it just exacerbated yes. everything. And perhaps the memories of how sick you were yeah. before yeah. Yeah. during the treatment. Yeah, but wow. to this day, I look back and... Um, no, I'm I'm quite grateful. Yeah. I'm still sure. I you know I've never looked like the perfect woman in the mirror. <laughs> when I look at those scars, yeah. I think I've learned to accept them. Yeah. Um, I'd yeah. rather be here today with scars than yeah. you know 
not be here. <laughs> so how how do you think that the whole experience changed you as a person? Because it already sounds like you're already a positive person. You were already a strong person. Mm. What do you think the experience did to you? Um, like in I, an everyday life kind of way. Look, I wish I could say that um, on an everyday you know, I th- I think about it, and it's it's something that's definitely highlighted to me to slow down. Um, sometimes I totally forget yeah. that, you know. Yeah. Um, so you kind of go back to your old yeah. ways, and um, I think for me, it's really about it. Really, just solidified that bond that I have with my family. Mm-hmm how the years fly by and mm-hmm. making you making me more aware of really having to slow down and yeah. enjoy yes because bef- before you know it yeah. um, just time gets away from yeah. you and if you're taken away as well yeah I don't think we take enough time to kind of soak up life like enjoy that, while we yeah yeah <laughs> it's so easy to get caught up in everything yeah. in work and our society is so busy <laughs> yeah it really is so so i think having someone to I help love you that lesson that you shared <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's really important i really do and it's i think it's sad that it does take um for most people either hearing a story of someone being sick or someone dying at a young age for us you know to stop and think oh yeah, I need to enjoy this what I've got now. Yeah. yeah, and I still have to like my husband still helps me put it in perspective yeah. because um, you know I'm the type where I just don't want to do anything and I can't relax unless yeah. the house is clean. Is it, for yes. example, <laughs> and he says, Cassie, when you're dying, are you going to care about if the house was clean or yeah. if you had done this? And <laughs> okay, so good true. point. All Let's right. go. <laughs> So can I ask, did you get to go on your trip? We did, we did. We went one year later. Okay. And it was fantastic. I went with a short pixie hairstyle. (laughs) My hair had started to grow back. Um, It grew back so curly. It was just, yeah, it grew curly. And um, totally different texture, totally different hair. My hair has never been the same after that. But I'm grateful for having hair yeah. Yeah. because some women actually that have chemo, oh, the, the hair doesn't come back. Yeah. Um, and it was a great trip. You know, I had, yeah. um, it was great to see the family, especially yeah. after um, everything that had happened. I bet they were very happy to see you too, like yeah. from being so far away when you're going through yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I feel like for the last question, which I always ask, what would you write in a letter to your yesterday? I feel like you've answered bits and pieces of it throughout the interview anyway. But if there was that one major piece of advice you would give your younger self, what do you think it would be? I think to slow down. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my mind is always running at 100 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Um show more of what I'm feeling yeah um, especially to to those around me the ones that you love the most are the ones that kind of 
I first in the firing line when you're feeling grumpy and That's so true. <laughs> and so it should be the other way around. The ones that are closest to us are the ones that should we should be the nicest to and yeah. you know give more love to and show more affection to. And um, I think the other thing is that I, I would look back and say, Cass, uh, life is a roller coaster. Yeah. There's, there'll be ups and downs, but mm-hmm. from all those downs, every time you know um, you come to another peak, you just wiser and stronger, yeah. and so wow. that's yeah, that's that's how life yeah. is. Yeah, it's very true, <laughs> very true. Thank you so much, Casper, for sharing your Pleasure, story. Pleasure, Karen. I think it's so inspiring, and. Um, yeah, I think it's just so brave of you to now be an advocate for the Cancer Council and be sharing um, your experience with that early detection. Yeah, absolutely. Know, because it's just That's so important key. that we, because I know I myself have never done a self-exam. Yeah. And this will change me. And oh, I'll be great. a person that will do that now and will share it with the people around me. So That's fantastic. Yeah. That's really great to hear. So, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. Thank you for listening to Letters to Our Guest Today, the podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation and feel inspired to, please take a moment to rate and review or share it with someone you love. You can follow me on Instagram at Karen underscore Sepp, Facebook at Karen M. Sepulveda, or visit my website www.karensepulveda.com. Thank you again. And don't forget to subscribe to hear more conversations with extraordinary women.